Hello again, and welcome to CCM in 3D. If you're new, welcome. Thanks for joining us on the podcast about classic contemporary Christian music from the years 1985 to 1995, kind of kicking it back to when you might have had some Jello pudding pops. Whoa. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, I'm hung- now I'm hungry. Yeah. Oh, what a reference. The snack that's yes. rich and creamy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we've got, we've got myself, Dan, we got... Dave, we got Derek, that's the 3Ds, and we are just talking about all this great music, and today we have a special one. We've got uh, Phil Kagey, and we're going to find out how outstanding in his field he is. There you go. Uh, yeah, we're going to go back. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I see what you did there, Dan. Oh, um, yeah. We're going to go back to 1990, actually, with um, Phil Kagey's Find Me in These Fields album, and so before we jump into that, I want to kind of just talk a little bit about Keggy's career yes. and get some thoughts on Keggy before we dive into this particular album. Okay. So I am of the three Ds, I am the certified bona fide Keggyophile. I am the biggest fan in this group of three friends. For sure. I think by yes. far. So I am um, Although I didn't have, let the record show, I did not have to twist any arms to do this album. Mm-mm. Everyone was totally game. Right. So we're, we're all in on this album. So um, that's that's a that's a fun thing. So Dave, you grew up in the Jesus music uh, era, you know, with your parents listening to a lot of Jesus music. Right. So I'm sure Keggy came on your radar pretty pretty early is that am i right yeah probably you know late 70s early 80s for me um right and i, I was aware of him and i knew knew of his music and appreciated him now as far as being like a huge fan and and buying albums that was um not necessarily me but um i can tell you this album right here is is really good and yeah. um but yeah he's you know he's been around for years and he started off um, at a young age, didn't he? Yes, he sure did. Yeah, he was in his first bands in the late '60s. Yeah. Um, his first big band that he was in is called Glass Harp. Okay, and so, um, but he releases his first music in the Jesus music uh, genre, kind of all the way back in 1973 with "What a Day." Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're talking real early on in the Jesus music. That's not too much later than, you know, some of the founding fathers of the music, Larry Norman, Randy Stonehill, that sort of thing. So he's not far behind all those folks. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Dan, did he come? I'm betting. Here's here's what I'm betting for you. So I'm betting Keggy comes on your radar around 88 with Sunday's Child. Am I right? Yep. That's it. Okay, yep. that's what I thought. Yep, that's what I thought. So that's where a lot of folks um, came into, Keggy came into their orbit, uh, was with uh, his album, Phil Keggy and Sunday's Child. And that was kind of Keggy's, for lack of a better term, love letter to the Beatles. His voice has always gotten comparisons to Paul McCartney's voice. Yep. And so it's like he threw caution to the wind and said, let's just make a Beatles-esque album. And the result was Phil Kagey and Sunday's Child, which if you haven't heard that, it's probably one of the best Beatles albums the Beatles have never made, <laughs> yeah. uh, in my opinion. It was really good. So, really good. Album. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I'd, I'd love to do a 
at some yes. point do a deep dive on that. It, I think it's just an excellent album yeah. and deserves all the accolades it gets. But well, I, we're doing this one. And on one hand, uh, if I can just jump in, you, you know, we talked about Phil and the Beatles, and I was going to say on one hand it's completely kind of unfair, but on the other hand, he never sounds better to me than what he sounds like the Beatles. Right. So right. I think so it's too. Really, yeah. I think it's like one hand yeah. or the other, but yeah. Right. I think that's right. And it, it, it's one of those albums that could have failed miserably or could have succeeded spectacularly. And it's the latter. It, mm -hmm. It's such a big rousing success. It's amazing how good it is. So if you're a Beatles fan and you're not a Keggy fan and you've never heard this album, then you are really, you're really missing out. It's, it's one you would like a lot. So um, the, the question that I thought of as I listened to find me in these fields. Now, all three of us worked in late 80s, early 90s CHR radio when it was kind of blossoming mm -hmm. up. Um, and Keggy was never a real staple on that, on that uh, format. Right, right. But, Keg but then again, we had kind of an AC station in town, and Keggy was never a staple there either. He was kind of a bit player in the background. Yep. Um, you'd occasionally get a case. So what is it about what is it about Phil that it didn't endear him to CHR or AC? What do you think? I, I, I'm still kind of up in the air on it. I, for me, I don't think that um, he has had or even now maybe has the commercial sound that you know radio stations are typically looking for for the mass appeal. Um, it's mm -hmm. a very specific sound that he has, um, and you know I can think off of this album of uh, "Strong Tower." You know, was I think it was a single, wasn't it? It should have been. I mean, yep. that's, to me, that's mm -hmm. that's the most commercial it was. sounding song on this album. But you go on other songs, and uh, while you listen to them, and they're great, obviously musically and lyrically, they're just they just don't have that radio sound. And I think for that reason, stations just didn't jump on and and play them. I mean, that's my take on it anyway. Sure, I think that's valid. I think it's perfectly valid. What do you think, yep. Ian? I hadn't thought about that question, but I think it's a great summary of it. It didn't. Ha I don't think no one had a current sound. Maybe right, right, um, right. I think he was very much following his own muse, yeah. and, and he wasn't chasing trends mm -hmm. or fads or anything like that. He just kind of has his thing that he does, and he does it pretty much better than anybody else in CCM. Um, I think as a legacy artist, I think uh, there's a gold mine to find in Phil's back catalog. I think there's amazing album after amazing album. If you, if you run into them, be sure to get them. Um, I think in like in 1985, so we'll, we'll just start in our little you know, window yeah. scope, our little window. He, he has Getting Closer, and that album is very pop-influenced, but it's also got, I think, two or three instrumental tracks where it's a lot of guitar on it. So you've got a very synthesizer-slash-guitar album. Then he follows that up in 86 with Way Back Home, which is very acoustic, very intimate. Sounds like almost an album he would have made in his studio and given it out to some friends and family. It's just so underproduced, so opposite of of getting closer. Then you've got 87 and he releases the wind and the wheat, which is completely instrumental, which is not unheard of in Keggy's career. Cause he made master and the musician in 78. So 
it's completely for musician type mm-hmm. people, um, back, background music for some people. Then in 88, he releases, as we said, Phil Keggy and Sunday's Child, which is completely unlike anything he's ever done. It's very Beatles-esque. And so you think, okay, Keggy okay, had a lot of success with that album. Clearly, he's going to make Sunday's Child Part 2 next. Nope, not at all. And that's where we come to 1990 and find me in these fields. And it's not like... Sunday's Child in so many ways, don't you think? Right. I, I just, I think there's occasionally nods Right, to it's it. got a little mix of everything, there. really, for the last five albums. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And so, uh, last thing I'll say about this is this album is 30 years old this year, so we're celebrating now the 30th wow. anniversary of uh, Keggy's Find Me in These Fields. Mm-hmm. So, assuming both of you guys do not have physical copies. I do not. No. Okay, my CD is right here, ready to go. I am the. I have all of the CDs that you just that I just talked about from '85. Nice. So well, which is it, and it's I'm, so interesting because Phil, when you talk about him, you don't just simply talk about Phil, except with reverence because he's kind of the CCM royalty. But like you said, he's not really on radar when you're first getting into it. You find you really. I think you really yeah, find out yeah, that's a good, that right. Phil is everywhere. That's a good point. <laughs> right. You're right. And he goes so far back. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, he's still releasing still, new music yeah. um, in, to, in 2020, but his first album in the CCM world was 1973. Yeah. So, and I'll put in a plug here. If you go to, uh, to Bandcamp, which is a place where you can buy digital files of, of people, um, Keggy has a very active Bandcamp Um so if you go to philkeggy.bandcamp.com, B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P.com, it's philkeggy, one word, .bandcamp.com. We'll leave a link in the show notes. Oh, my goodness. He's got so much stuff there to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got bootlegs from just dozens of his concerts. Hmm. Um, he's got demos that he made in the 1960s. He's got remasters of stuff that, that have been out of print for ages um he's got stuff from glass harp he's he's got everything over there and it's kind of amazing so if you're a keggy file go and you haven't been to Bandcamp. that's that's the place to go in fact he's even got i believe yeah he's got a show uploaded from wichita kansas live in wichita kansas may 4th 2003 and it was recorded at um, live in Wichita the for 2003. Doesn't they can tell you? No, not the okay. Cotillion. Um, I think it was a oh, church okay. actually. So I, it doesn't say where exactly it is, but yeah. So maybe he says in one of the tracks, yeah. "It's nice to be here yeah. at such and right. such church right. tonight." So well, so and, let's get into. Here, sorry, another thing about him is he he's so influential, but. We don't. A lot of people don't realize that he's so influential. He actually got a Golden Note Award from ASCAP in 2013 for. Um, yes, go on. Presented then. to songwriters, composers, and artists who have achieved extraordinary career milestones. So, like I said, he's been wow. in and around the business so long uh, that he's in there with people like Garth Brooks and Lindsey Buckingham and Alan Jackson and mm. Reba McIntyre and all those who have previously received him. So big, big influence. 
Yeah. Was he the only winner of that award? Uh, I don't know. Just I didn't, I didn't see that. Okay. You know, you guys okay. talked. You guys talked uh, about um, him still doing music in 2020. Just a few days ago, I saw a video that his niece Sherry Kagi, of course, she's a CCM artist in her own right. She is recording some new material, and she did a uh, film like a 30 second video of Phil in the studio mixing one of her new songs. And I thought, boy, he is. Just, oh. yeah, he's still going strong. Obviously, he's still really involved with music and. Uh, which is great to see due to his long history, you know, like you said, back to 73. Yep. And the other thing I will say is he's got one of my all-time favorite album covers in CCM, and that is from his 1981 album, Town to Town. Oh, rain, yes. And his Perfect. band is trying to get into yes. the cab in the rain, and he's just standing there casually in the doorway watching them. And I always, for some reason, I always love that album cover. Hmm. I don't know why, but uh, yeah, Town to Town, 1981, great album cover. Yeah. Yep. And I have that one on CD oh, as nice. well. So there you go. Yep, yep, that is great. That's, that's and then super. I'm sure a lot of our uh, oh. people listening now or today uh, know this, but he only has nine fingers. Right. His uh, middle. Right. What is it? Middle finger, right hand, uh, got yep. Uh, yep. extracted. I guess for a real early age, age of four. Yep. It was chopped off by a water yeah. pump at a farm. Wow. So he's doing all this with nine fingers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, he sure is. <laughs> and he talks about that in his song Way Back Home. He actually talks about the water pump that took a oh, part of me. So yeah. he talks about that in his song huh. Way Back Home. And then the other rumor that always goes around about Keggy, we're just going to dispel yep. it right here. Everyone says, oh, yeah, Jimi Hendrix said, Somebody asked Jimi Hendrix, who's the greatest guitar player of all time? And Hendrix said, I don't know, ask Phil Kagey. That never happened. It's it's a complete rumor. It, it It's not true. In fact, one time Kagey was asked about it for probably the sixth billionth time. And he said, no, what, what Jimmy was actually asked was, who's the shortest? <laughs> yeah. 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 There you go. And Phil said, he said, I don't know, ask Phil Kagey. Because Kagey's very short. So this, this is before um, fact-checking and all that kind of stuff, fact-checkers? Yeah, Yeah, that's the, all yeah. the fact-checkers. This yeah. information so, is partially true. Yeah, it's, it's not even, it's not yeah, even okay. totally Sorry. true. So, it's a good story, though. Yeah. So that's a good story, but not, not yeah. even fake news. Urban fake legend news. lived a long yeah. time. <laughs> Completely <laughs> fake news, yes. So... Let's dive into this 30-year-old album and see right. what we got here. So the album starts with a flub. Right. It yeah. starts with a mess up. And I wish we had Phil here. Maybe one day we'll interview him and say, okay, you got to explain it, the, the, the 25 second piece of music at the beginning of Find Me in These Fields, and it's a mess up. So... In case you don't know what we're talking about, he starts playing an acoustic guitar intro and it's chugging along just fine. All of a sudden, he hits a wrong note and says "ow," oh. and then the and then the second Boom, track kicks starts, in, yeah, which is actually the <laughs> kicks in, and that's um, the song "Strong Tower" that Dan mentioned. So and, I just it always makes me laugh, and it starts yeah, off right. I don't know, I, you know, I don't know how much thought was into that or whatever, but it seems like. Well, maybe there was a purpose in that, oh, he messes up, and then it's the next song is Strong Tower. Where does one go? Where do you turn? I turn to the Strong Tower, the name of the Lord. Yeah. You know, right. Even though I'm not right. going to play this perfectly or do this right. or right. I don't know. 
Oh, that's that's a good way to put that. Now that that flub, that little music that he is playing there, does end up later on a on an album called "The Song Within." It's um, you know, Keggy has a lot of self released albums, and one of them he did was called "The Song Within," and the opening track "Water Day" has that. But oh, that little opening music but played correctly mm-hmm. not a flubbed version but actually hmm. played correctly so um that that little flub does end up being a fully realized wow. musical track later on um on the 2007 album the song since you have a so, there since you, you have go. a physical copy derek i'm going to ask you a question about yes the, i think there are five of these tracks on this album now in apple music where i listened their label is instrumental one instrumental two da 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 yep online when i was looking up stuff about the album they're listed as live recording one live recording two you know all the way through five so on the actual cd yep. or physical copy you have how are the, yes. how are these labeled okay so that would be tracks one uh four let's see 10 Yep, 13 and 15. I think those are the, all the ones. Um, and each and every one of those has no name, so there's no song title or anything. It just has a little yeah. cutout or yes. icon of a guitar. Wow. <laughs> so literally, and then, in, but if you look close, inside the hole of the, yeah. the acoustic guitar, this is the weird thing. Inside the hole of the acoustic guitar is Armand Morales. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so you found yeah, you found really Armand. Yes. I, <laughs> we yes. found Armand. Yes. <laughs> Refer to the Imperials episode for the backstory. But no, that there's just huh. there's no title. There's nothing. It's just an acoustic guitar. All right. So that's well, really it. So okay. no, no title. Just instrumental. Hmm. So so we get to Strong Tower, and that I love that song. Um Phil sings his heart on his yes. heart out on that one, and just that's that's a great that's one I think if I had a kind of a a deep cuts classic CCM this this song would go for I sure think, well, oh yeah, yeah. actually I think we we played this one on ours yeah yeah yep. I think we did I think yeah. this one actually made the CHR station yep. so um, and it sounded good I, I remember hearing it on the station mm-hmm. and thought it sounded just great. Um, so yeah, this, I love this. And, um, that the opening lyrics are just so strong, wrong thoughts and emotions have blinded the eyes mm-hmm. of faith and mis- misguided devotion kept a pilgrim in dire straits. So I love that about Keggy. He's so thoughtful in his lyrics. He's, uh, he's he like the very best songwriters in the genre, whether it's, uh, Charlie Peacock or Michael Card or um, all the great songwriter Rich Mullins. He's not going to settle for "Hey, it rhymes." I'm just gonna, I, you know, I'll just throw yeah. it in there because mm-hmm. it rhymes. He, his his songs always sound labored labored over, fussed over, thought through, and I just I love that about him. So, um, and obviously the guy is a world class. Uh, yeah. guitar player as well. And so. this is produced by himself and Lynn Nichols and then Rick Rick Kua and bass that is correct. throughout the whole album. And yep. Rick on bass does a great job complimenting Phil. Yeah. I, Doesn't he though? He really he does. great on this I was, album. I was like, wow, I didn't know Rick did that. And I, I wish he was a little more up in the mix in this song, I guess. I know we don't, I know we don't want to take away from Phil, yeah. but at the same time, I just love the compliment of the two. 
Right. And I love that David Mullen sang um, background vocals on this with uh, with Rich. Or Phil. Not with, uh, with Phil. He does. I, I think he mm-hmm. sounds great on this. And so, um, yeah, it's a, just, it's a good sounding group yeah. of folks. So. The next one um, is yes. also a rocker. Carry On, track two. Um, this also, I think if this would have been released... To CHR, this could yeah, have this would done go well. Yeah, um, this would go on. Dan, what do you think? Mine today, no, no problem. <laughs> Great follow up to yeah. Summer Tower. I, I love the lyrics. I yes. love the guitar, the drum beginning, the big build up, the guitar riffs of the whole song is so great and fits so well. That little theme on the yeah. Um, amazing shredding guitar solo. <laughs> you know, oh and boy, yeah, is it two ever? Two minutes in, instrumental all the way to the end. It doesn't return to vocals. Yes. It's just, yes. You know, another song's going to have a similar thing later, that. but I love that. I mean, it just, then he just rocked out. Yeah. Yep. I, the first, the first verse of this is, I think, again, we talk about lyrics that have stuck with us all these years. The first verse on carry on is stuck with me. You may feel like throwing the towel in. You may feel like giving up. You may feel like turning and running. Don't look back because things will start to start looking up. And in the chorus, Carry on, though the wind is strong. Carry on in the face of lies. <clears throat> the accused have a lasting song, for the Lord will hear their cries. Mm-hmm. That's that's so good. It's just just really good. And and like Dan said, it just you get past the second chorus, and you keep thinking something's going to come back in, mm-hmm. and it never it never does. It just keeps keeps going. Um, track three. This is. Well, I'll Wait, ask. Is it three well, or four? Okay, so I'll ask you guys this opinion. Well, this is track three. Uh, oh, okay. when the wild winds blow. You oh, count okay. Instrumental, well, right? yes, instrumental, right? okay. We yeah. have to look guitar. guitar we do right have on. to count to get you the instrumental. <laughs> we have another instrumental. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Pardon me, my my fault. Um, so yes, we do have another instrumental uh, interlude, and then um, we get into the next vocal song, which is when the wild winds blow. What do you got? What What's the thing that hit you? For me, it was, uh, first, musically, it was Phil Madeira's Hammond B3 organ. Uh, I think that's the star of the track uh-huh. for me. And then trying to interpret the meaning. Um, I love the line, do I see you, do I see me in the face of this man, or just too blind to see. Um, you know, so I think that, for me, the meaning is how life's tribulations are affecting this, quote, man he's talking about, but really he's talking about himself. Um, it's a very, it's a very deep song. Right. When you look, when you really look at the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think you picked up exactly where I was going with that. It's like, is this, um, is this talking about Christ or is this talking about someone that's been beaten right. by the storm? Some just follower of Christ. So yeah, that's, that's right. That's exactly kind of what I was thinking. Who is this exactly talking mm-hmm. about? Yep. So, and it, it makes it a little bit more obvious in the second. This poor man cried unto the Lord. This poor man yeah. cried, and he was heard. So, um, yeah, this one is is strong. Again, this probably wouldn't show up. It's probably not CHR right. enough to show up on a CHR. But again, it's it's not AC enough to be on an AC station. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. too guitar heavy. Is yeah, that so fair? I like personally. I labeled it as a good AC yeah. song. I think it'd be it'd fit right in today, but maybe back then, it just like I said, didn't quite find a yeah. fit. 
Um, I like it four, about four and a half minutes. It gets toward the end there. It's a very different, interesting guitar sound through there. Um, all the way to the yes. end. It's, and it's, it's almost that. six minutes long, too. I think is the yeah, it is long. thing that keeps uh, yes. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that speak. You're not going to get away with that unless you're gathering with the crystal <laughs> right. throne with Michael W. Smith. <laughs> or River Will or, Flow. Something you know. like that. Yes. Whiteheart. Yeah. River Will Flow, yes. This is another one, long one by Whiteheart. Yep. So, okay. So we don't have any more instrumental ones in between the next song, which is uh, mm-hmm. This Side of Heaven. And this one, I think... And maybe you guys disagree. This is the nod to Sunday's mm-hmm. Child. Yeah, I could hear that. Yeah, I definitely I, could hear do that. Do you think? Okay, so this is um, a little bit of jangly guitars. Um, that chorus, please don't keep us waiting too long. We know lasting city, the side of heaven. Um, that It's a little bit jangly and mm-hmm. Sunday's Child-esque. Yeah. Um, so, and it's got that core group of Mike Need on drums, Rick Ku on bass, Keggy and Phil Madeira on yep. piano and Hammond B3. Yeah, yeah. to that, that line you just quoted, Derek, I, I made note of that because things aren't looking too pretty this side of heaven. I would just say, amen, Phil Keggy, amen to right. that. Yes, yeah. Please don't keep us it, waiting it, too long. It's, yeah. it's, it's only, right. it's only gotten a little bit worse. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, I think I think it's another. And then we get I to. Saying, I think it's another great. No, go ahead, AC go ahead, song. please, please. I think if you're if you're putting a station together today, it's be another one to fit right in. Yeah, and, I can hear that. Yep. Yeah, boy, that that's a that's a something we should go down a rabbit trail. We should go down sometime as um, kind of a a classic mm-hmm. AC station. You know, because we've talked about classic rock in terms of classic CHR for a station. Um, but boy, I I think we could the three of us could put together a slam bang classic AC station too. It's I could yeah see us really doing that. See, we just have to diversify right. our portfolio. Oh hey, go. you know I completely in. forgot to ask. That's, that's it. Is where does does any Phil Kagi show up on the top one hundred CCM? Oh yeah. oh the well, book. Okay, so while you're looking at the book, oh the book. Um, this album yes. Uh, I just want to remind everybody actually was nominated for a Grammy. One of his two, one of two Ooh. albums of his nominated for Grammy. This one and Crimson and Blue. Oh, so yeah, mm. good. Okay, got so it. From the beginning, it's a good album, but you know, yeah. a lot of other people recognized it as well. Yeah, it got some recognition. Okay, I will answer your question, Dan. But let's let's wait till we have to flip the page okay. over and fast right. forward to the, <laughs> to, the uh, to the next side. So we got yeah halftime. We got two more songs before we flip the tape. So we've got. Uh, the next one, which is This Side of Heaven. Um, I'm sorry. Yep, not yep. true. We've got Find Me in These Fields. Um, and it's the title track. And it is... Very low-key. Um, I'll put... <laughs> yeah. Very low-key. And and maybe, maybe the song I kind of find myself skipping on this album. I don't know. It's, yeah, it, it's to me, it almost like, stops the album. Uh, that's the feeling I got, you know, right. listening back to him, like, oh, the brakes really came on. And it's a beautiful song. You know, John right. Ketching's cello is beautiful. Um, but I'm like you. I, I've i never, like, sit through, sat through this song very often. 
Right. It's very pensive. It's very, yeah. it's very much a song of lament. I mean, when my heart turned cold and I chased the old standard lie, forgive me. Um, it's very much a, mm-hmm. a penitent song, um, but yep. it, it's a little sleepy um, on an album that's not, that's got a lot sure. of non-sleepy on it. So, um, so this is, uh, again, that doesn't, uh, it, it's interesting musically. It's interesting lyrically, um, but it might be a little out of place on this album. Especially that, when you go to the next one. I'd say. It sounds very good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yep. <laughs> he got over it, and then um, yes. he, he gets over it. Um, so that is the last track on side A of the cassette. Uh, get over it. Yeah. And boy, does he get over it. I, I mean, Dan, like go the ahead. epitome of progressive ahead, rock sound on this album. I mean, it's just... It's another one of those very <laughs> yes. odd, but yep. to me, wholly interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it almost sounds like experimental. Yeah. Yes. It really evoked a yes vibe for me a little bit. Yeah. It's I, I love the sound really? of the song, yep. but it's That's very great. long. Of course, it's over six minutes. Um, so it's probably yep. not going to appeal to most people, yep. but I like it a lot. Rick Kua again on the bass. Great line. Oh, my goodness. Um, yep. One of the best things on this track. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in the last three minutes of the song... It just wanders off into some very odd territory. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Yes, it it really does. It really does kind of. Um, yeah, it takes its own path and it's kind like, of just meanders like, 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 like hither and yeah, yonder. Like piano those... chords, and I think I heard tires screeching in there somewhere. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I felt. Yes, I just couldn't help feel, feel like <laughs> the a, kitchen one of those puppy dog looks when their ears kind of go up and they kind of tilt their head like. I find this interesting, and I'm still listening. Yes. Yes. Never. But as a radio programmer, maybe not the first thing you would would put on there. So, All right. So we have gotten over the first uh, side of Find Me in These Fields. So the question before the house is, where does this album appear in our... Yes, our book uh, from 2001, CCM Presents the 100 Greatest so for, Albums in so Christian Music. Answer, the first so, question I'm going to ask is, I'm assuming is, there is a Phil Keggy album on here somewhere. Oh, okay. Okay, good. I'm like, there are two. Be, he's, again, he's just kind of CCM yes. royalty. He's got to be. Okay, two. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep, there's two. Oh, okay, so he... Uh, is this one on there? Let's see. So... Uh, the answer to that question is no. This okay. this album is not on there. Um, so he he gets two albums on there, um, coming in at number twenty. Okay, that was nominated for Grammy. All right. Yes. Um, this was kind of. I remember when this album came out. I remember in '93 when this album came out, and it was kind of the album that everyone was hoping Phil Keggy would finally make. And that is uh, the album that captured mm. his live electric sound. So this album was very, very rocked out. He, he pulled um, his former drummer from Glass Harp back in, uh, John Sfera. Um, he had Wayne James on bass, who also mm. I think played bass on Chigal Guevara's album. He had Phil Madeira, he had Lynn Nichols, um, and everything was very, very much kind of 
Let Phil Rock. And the and the songs reflected that. So you had uh, Stone Eyes on this album, wow. which was seven minutes and one second. You had, you had Gee, John the yeah. Revelator was eight minutes and four seconds. And wow. Doing Nothing went for 8.25. That leaves even let the, uh, the burning right. flow and the throne in the dust. So the other album that makes this book is number... Let's see, it's number 64, okay. hmm. Love Broke Through, which is from 1976, yep. Out of Bounds. You can throw a flag if you want. So, um, yeah, that's a good one if you want to go back further into Keggy's career. That's a that's an interesting. One. So those are the only two to make the album. I got one more thing book. during halftime that I make thought of. Dan mentioned uh, Lynn Nichols producing the album, the Find Me in These Fields. So on the credits, it's got uh, the producer listed as L.R. Nichols. And then down here, uh, where it talks about um, additional backing vocals on songs, uh, Lynn Nichols. And yes, uh, they are the same person, uh, the same guy that uh, was in Russ's band as well, um, produced the album. But he goes under two different names yep. on the credits on this album. Hmm. That's true. That is true. And Lynn Nichols goes yeah. way, way back. 77, I think, I mean, right? Is what I way saw. back. Um, oh, yeah, I think so. In fact, the first time I ever saw Kagi was nice. live at the Dandelions. So that's a local <laughs> Wichita place that, that if you're a Wichita Christian music consumer, you know about that place. Um, and it had to have been around 80, okay. 81, 82, somewhere around in there. And he was with Lynn Nichols, and it was just the two of them. And I actually came into possession of a board cassette copy of that concert. So, Phil, if you're listening, I've got a board tape of your show from <laughs> way back then, if you want to re-release it. So I'll let it go for a handsome sum <laughs> of, of dollars. Yeah, you have to have a handsome sum of a six-pack of Diet Coke. So nice. there you go, Phil. Balls in your court, man. So we flipped the cassette over. We've rewound, and we come to side B, track mm -hmm. one. That's calling you. So uh, Mike Mead's drums up. to me stand out in this in this track. Uh, they sound fantastic to me. I love any kind of songs that uh, the beat changes. You know, because. Uh, that's really to me a test of a good drummer, yeah. and it, to me, you know, Mead's drums on this are just great. I love the the, the line "Break the chains free and rekindle this flame." Um, it just comes across to me as maybe somebody mm -hmm. who's fallen or fallen away from his walk, and is just calling out, asking, you know, "Hey, you know, uh, accept me back. I love you." Kind of almost like a love song, but uh, yeah. yeah, I like the I like this one a lot. I thought it was a good mm -hmm. start to yeah. the second side. Yes, I did too, and I. I I like the uh, yeah. Phil sings. Yeah. His guitar kind of sings back, is what I yeah, kind of put down there. And, and I like, so I love the yes. words. It's like, yeah. I'm calling you that... and I struggle for words. And then his guitar kind of sings back throughout this whole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The guitar that is and I think, back. That's and, really and good, Dan. Here's another good spot catch. where we get, after the second chorus, and he sings, I'm calling you, hear me whisper. Then at, then at 2.45, we get this amazing instrumental for the next two minutes. And the song yep. ends. Um, <laughs> right. I love that build up to that. And then when he says yeah. that, that sings that part, and then right back into that, it was very powerful. 
Yeah, that's great. This mm-hmm. was this is one of my favorite songs on this mm-hmm. album. So I thought it was a great start to side B. Um, excellent, just really good. No side B on the Can't CD. Though, so believe that. No, that's when you rewind it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right. And then it goes tearing down the walls. Oh, nice. Um, so then we've got the third instrumental of the CD immediately following yes. that. This like a, a jam session. Here. Exactly. Yeah. It's, a little more, it's kind of, yeah, it's a jam session. And again, you know, this is just, um, this is a, this is a quartet album. This is Keggy on guitar and vocals, Kua on bass, Madeira on piano and Hammond B3 and Mike Mead on drums and percussion. Then you got the background singers um, on it, but um, just it's kind of catches the quartet of those four guys just kind of mm-hmm. cutting loose in the studio. It's almost like Phil starts and is like, hey, keep so, up, guys. Um, and then yeah. Kua just trying to follow along in the bass. Yep. <laughs> or something. <laughs> A lot of fun. Yep. 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 Then we get we get to uh, track three of side B, and that's Gentle and Strong, which is a uh, a mm-hmm. song that he wrote for his son Ian. I think that's um, I think it's that's that's what he wrote. So um, yeah, thoughts on this one? I I love this one personally. I I think this Keggy's always great. Uh, he's written songs mm. for all of his kids. Oh, wow. So this is the one he wrote for his his son Ian. Um, he's got another song called Olivia's Song, and wrote it for his daughter Olivia. Um, so this is Ian's. Song I like the fiddle. Uh, Sam Bush like plays the one. fiddle on this. Kind of helps us stand out, maybe a little yep. bit from the rest of the album. And also another notable thing is that Lynn Nichols and Steve Taylor mm-hmm. sing background vocals on this song. Makes an appearance. Yes, Steve Taylor appears. Yep, yep. He's here and. Uh, he got he got away from the, <laughs> yeah, right. and the meltdown and and yep. ap- and appears here on this album. So yeah, it's great. Glad that he got on. So yeah, this is a this is a classic Keggy maneuver to write a song for his one of his family members. He's written uh, obviously he's written some um, for his um, for his wife. Um, Bernadette and he's written one for Olivia and this is for Ian. So it's, it's cool when you catch him writing about his family. Cause he's, he, he loves doing that. So, um, then we come to the next tune, mm-hmm. which is final day, final day, very final low bluesy on final day sound here. Yep. yep. Yeah. Shows off his kind yes. of versatility. Yeah. Yeah. That last chorus, or the chorus, who will play the pipes, sound the trumpets loud, turn the amps on high, bring it to the crowd, let the people know, put it in mm-hmm. a song, here comes the final day, and it won't be long. Yep. Um, and he tells everybody to wake up. I love the uh, the up, smashing up, of the piano up. keys at the very end. So. The way it just kind of ends, and he's sma- they smash the piano, <laughs> yes. and that's how it that's... fades out. Yep. Yes, that's, that's so good. And we've got another instrumental, which again is kind of a catch the band in the middle of yeah, just it sounds to me jamming like or doing what uh, they do. I guess instrumental three, yeah, you know, track ten, and it's like, it's like oh, it kind of faded out 
got interrupted by uh-huh. Gentle and Strong in Final Day, and now they're coming back. And- <laughs> right. <laughs> 13. Part two. Like, <laughs> yes. Hey, turn that back up. It very well could be. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The, the band is still going. Nice. They're still going. Nothing <laughs> Nothing stops the Phil Kagey band. Um, and then um, the last full tune on the album, uh, it's track six on the second side. And that is probably one that people, if they yes. don't know Strong Tower, this they is probably biggest know one. this one, and that's Be In My Heart. Um, I remember this one yes. getting quite a bit of play on AC Radio. And AC, uh, CHR, yes. I don't remember it so was much, actually, but AC definitely. Yeah, number 37 um, most played. You guys remember that as well? Was, was, was this one, yep. Oh, one of his biggest hits right? besides okay. uh, True Believers. Good catch. Which he used to later, but yeah. Yeah, which is a great song. Yeah. So I like this one a lot. That that background uh, chorus. Yes, that's like a choir. So many great names in there. <laughs> Obviously, it is. It really is. Obviously, his kids, Alicia, Olivia, Ian are in there. Um, uh, Bernadette, his wife's in there. Charlie Peacock's yeah. in there. Lynn Nichols. <laughs> Who isn't in there? Armand. No, Armand is not in there. They didn't get Steve uh, Taylor. So. Dang it. They did. Armand is not in there. He, oh, he's been busy recording right. the tires screeching in the earlier song. Nice. <laughs> yes, no Armand Morales in this one. So, But no, this is, a, this is kind of a classic. Um, every Phil Kagey greatest hits yeah. CD or playlist will have this one yep. in it. That's, it's just... It's a classic, and I think it really stands the test of time. Um, great lyrics, really great. Um, I really love kind of the the bridge. Tonight we shall sweetly sleep tonight by Waters Deep. Tonight for my soul to keep still waters, still waters. Um, I just love this song. It's, it's a, it's a great one. Be a little uh, shorter. It's, it's it's almost five minutes. I know you want you're okay with longer, but well, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a, I, I like the eight minute songs, so <laughs> no, that's fine. So I'll give you that, but uh, yeah, this is a great one. And then um, it after that, we return to the uh, there's session. a little more snippet <laughs> of right. the band still playing, <laughs> but that's how it's blues. It's a little bluesy. And then yeah, it's a bluesy the album, jam. Yeah. The album yeah. ends. It's a little bluesier. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bluesier. So that is the end of uh, Phil Kagey's Find Me in These Fields. And then interestingly enough, he follows up. Okay, so he had uh, the Beatles Love Letter album in uh, Sunday's Child. Then he has Find Me in These Fields. And so you think, "Ah, okay, now I know where he's going with the next album. And the next album is Beyond Nature, which is completely solo acoustic guitar and honestly i this is the album i want to interview keggy about um and ask him about it next year's the 30 year anniversary of it so i really hope we can get an interview phil with phil because i think there's a lot to talk about with this album and this is a this beyond nature has Hmm. uh, quote unquote sung me to sleep so many nights um so i would love to talk with mr phil about that one and 
get his thoughts about it 30 years later. So, but for now that ends, find me in these fields, a 30 year old. Yeah. You know, one one of the things I love about Phil Kagey is he's an example of, uh, why this genre for these years from 85 to 95 is so great because there's artists like Phil Kagey. It's everything's not the same. You've got such a, I know we've talked about it, but a wide variety of styles and tastes and, you know, God bless Phil Kagey for being, you know, something that's a little bit off the beaten path a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's, there's, I mean, it's, it's not even Mm -hmm. just, it's kind of wildly different styles. I mean, you've got, from a full synth album to just solo acoustic guitar. I mean, it just is all over the place. And, you know, that's, that's Keggy. He's just kind of always followed his, his different path. And, and that's, and I will say having met Keggy several times, you know, just in passing at concerts and things like that, just one of the most genuinely kind godly nicest men i've ever met in the genre i just have come away every time i've met him just more and more thankful for him and and his uh yeah his long obedience to christ in the same direction you know he just he just it's hard to find anyone that has that's awesome to say um about phil kagey so, when I would, I would, yeah, I would, uh, really if I'm going to give somebody homework, right? After That's school, all I've got. I would say go listen to Carry On, and then, and for me, Calling You are the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me. Yes. Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't know Strong Tower, uh, pick that one up too. Uh, you, uh, you probably mm-hmm. absolutely know Be in My Heart. So that's if you've listened to any radio back then. But those three, uh, Calling You, Carry On, and Strong yeah. Tower. All right. Well, so thanks good. for joining us on this look so back good. to Phil Kagey's Family in These Fields from 1990. This has been CCM and 3D with Dan, Derek, Dave. Uh, subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Add a little review to this podcast. Thanks, by the way, for all the reviews and other fan pages and stuff for all the kind words out there. That's very nice. Um, but we will talk to you later. Bye.